There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. Hire for the faster way. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Hello, 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 <laughs> and welcome to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. I'm your host today. It's me, Peaches. <laughs> Actually, this is not uh, our usual format. I'm here, which might make you think Eduardo must not be here if Peaches is hosting. Guess what? Eduardo is here. Hi, Eduardo. It's me. I'm Eduardo. Yeah, he's a little, uh, he's a little sick in the throat area. So that's me. I'm gonna. <laughs> that's what they call me. Oh, oh, sick in the throat area. What a weird. You have a long list of high school nicknames. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of your lists. I don't know about that name in particular. Why not? Uh... <laughs> hey, Chris is here too. Hi, Chris. I sure am here. I'm not sick in the throat area, although I did sleep on my neck funny last night and woke up with uh, a swollen uvula. Thought uh, I'd share that with everybody. Uh, dang. I, uh, I Was swollen t- uvula your nickname? <laughs> Do you have a swollen uvula or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> I, did anyone it's watch Full House when they were a kid? Yes. Uh, okay, because I, I still think of my uvula as my courage hangy ball, uh, <laughs> which is from that. <laughs> Just wanted to share that. Courage hangy ball? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this dentist that was inexplicably played by Dave Coulier, even though he was already Joey on the show, um, he, he was wearing a wig. And he talked like this because he was like a fancy doctor. Um, he was, I don't know, but he was trying to tell Michelle it was okay to go to the dentist. Like, you know that thing at the back of your throat? It's your courage hangy ball. Huh. I don't remember if he was actually doing an Edwin impression, but that's how I'm Im- remembering it so so we're gonna just roll with that what a weird thing yeah hey speaking of weird things i just realized i think i forgot to do i I classically did the peaches forget to do the tagline of the show did you know that this show is the podcast where we reassemble the mcu piece by piece movie by movie episode by episode did you guys know that i i knew that i'm supposed to say that before i introduce you listeners did you all know that have we made that clear over the years I don't know. This is the, I I do one thing like really wrong every time I'm in charge over here. I don't have the tenure that Eduardo. Listen, has. honey, you're doing great. Yeah, we're Thank we're really so proud of you. You know what? If you think I'm doing great and you think we're great, you can support us on Patreon. Did you know that? <laughs> Patreon. Way to dot, pivot. Patreon.com/slash/assembly-required. You can join the patron-exclusive Discord where we, you know post all our thoughts right away after we watch the stuff i'll say this again at the end yeah just remember if you want to hear our stuff right away whatever our stuff happens to be that week we also talk about our reactions to things like obi-wan kenobi and stranger things yeah in there. yeah we've added some more spoiler chats and um you know in hindsight the i did i do like this chat but the stranger things spoiler chat is a funny thing because everyone just binged it and now it's like yeah dead yeah and and <laughs> and because you weren't able to get into it until you finished watching all seven episodes that they'd released yeah so i remember just seeing there like you have unread messages like i know i know i haven't watched it yet you, know? you guys are both fully caught up right yes yes we yeah. are and then kenobi as well mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. on fully kenobi yeah okay 
I'm yeah, fully Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> fully one Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what we're doing here today. We'll discuss that another time or in Discord. So join the Patreon, and then you can link your Discord and all that stuff. Today, we're going to talk about Ms. Marvel, baby. Oh, I'm so excited. Where's your curly mustache? Yes. What? <laughs> I thought that's what you were referencing. Were you not? I just when say you said baby. Ms. Marvel, baby. Cause you've never seen the video, Is Marvel, baby? No. The guy it was uh, from a... Like in the 90s, early 2000s, it was a fighting game competition. They were playing Marvel versus Capcom 2, and this guy is commenting, and he goes, It's Marvel, baby! Oh, well, now, And now at one point, thing. he says, Oh, that's so Pringles. Why your curly mustache at? <laughs> Back fucking Neato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got that Mango Sentinel. Well, there's post-credits. Okay. Oh, you got to watch that. Uh, we're going to talk about Ms. Marvel, episode one, which was titled Generation Y, and directed by Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falal. Chris tells me that they go by the moniker Adil and Bilal, and also directed uh, Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys for and Life. And the upcoming Batgirl. Yeah. <laughs> Batgirl for Life? Batgirl for Life, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. Um, I'll, I'll, right now, I'll just talk about the comic because uh, before we get into the synopsis, I just read this, the opening run. I think it's the opening run of Miss Marvel. Um, I believe that is the one you read. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I read it years ago. It's a 2014 release. Went from 2014 to 15. About I think it was 19 episodes. The writer was G. Willow Wilson. The artist was Adrian Alfona. And I got to tell y'all, it was phenomenal. I just went on a vacation. It was like uh, it was a vacation to Michigan. And I mostly just sat around it and did nothing. I was a potato for most of the week. And while I was potatoing, I was like just trucking through this series because I just couldn't stop reading it. It very much felt like a Where's Waldo book Mm -hmm. inside of a comic book with a character that's really cool. I like Kamala Khan a lot after reading this because she reminds me of Spider. Like her moral compass is like Spider-Man's moral compass, I think. Yeah. She's just like... I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to be stubborn about it. And this is my neighborhood and I have to help. And, and so seeing that type of personality in a comic where it's just comically really well drawn, both from a, it's a comic and it made me laugh perspective. Yes. Do you get these big panels where there's like the whole panel is full and there's all these intricate, weird details. If you zoom in, like you just, uh, I sent you guys. It, they're in a con- they're in a convenience store, the Circle Q, mm-hmm. at one point. And on the comic book rack in the back of the store are just all these really ridiculous magazine titles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember what they are right now, but I had to zoom in and read all of like Kung Fu Moms or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Just like all really ridiculous stuff. And also, I've. I found so many just like fish out of water in these big panels. There's just a fish chilling somewhere on top of a building in Jersey City. Just yeah, just flopping around. <laughs> Adrian Alfona's art is so good. That's I, I read this run a couple years ago mm-hmm. and uh, did fall in love with the character. Um, Kamala Khan is just the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about her creation real quick, real quick. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too off track, but... Why not? We, the writer was we G. Did. Willow Wilson, who wrote Miss Marvel for many years. Like it was only a couple years ago that she actually left that book. Um, and then Adrian Alfona was the first artist, but also Jamie McElvey 
uh, it might be pronounced McKelvey, and I'm sorry, uh, helped design the character visually. He Forgive also us, Jamie. he also did the um, redesign of Captain Marvel when Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel. So he was involved in both. Uh, but you can't not mention the editors who were involved in this as I'm well. Sorry. No, oh no, I'm not not blaming you. No, don't worry. Yeah, Beach, you can't not uh, mention them. I'm the worst. Oh, but uh, Stephen Wa- Stephen Wacker, excuse me, and probably most importantly, Sana Amanat. Uh, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing her name, uh, but she was instrumental in creating this character. She, like like Kamala Khan, is a Pakistani American from New Jersey, Muslim. So she was very instrumental in creating this character. G. Willow Wilson is also a Muslim. So, you know, a lot of authenticity in the creative team of this character, uh, which extends to the show as well. The creative team, you know, very, uh, very much, you know, part of, of that world, that, that culture. And, and I think that adds this really great texture to this character. But the character herself is there's just so much to her and mm-hmm. and so many reasons why she is probably the most successful new character Marvel's had in the last 10 years. And I can say that confidently because Miles Morales has been around for 11 years. Um, <laughs> but those two characters, probably the most successful new characters in the last 15 years, if you put them together, I think they're, they're both great. And what's great is that they add a lot of diversity to Marvel, and, but they are also great in like so many other ways as well that, you know, they're not just like niche characters. Like, Mm-hmm. There, there is a universal appeal to them, and I think their specific cultural backgrounds make them unique and interesting, and probably very meaningful to a lot of people as well. So, so yeah. excited to have her joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. I, I, I like in the show and in the comic that they integrate what I assume is a lot of like language of that culture, like Urdu, call, yeah, yeah, like calling each other Beta, mm-hmm. um, and Ami. And Abu. Which I watch watch with subtitles last night, and I noticed that unlike in uh, Moon Knight, where the subtitles would just say like speaking Coptic or whatever, mm-hmm. they actually transcribed the foreign language as oh, well, like the Urdu. Cool. Uh, so you can go look up those words if you if you really want to. Yeah. I, th- I think you can you you know enough from context to figure out like what it means or or at least how it's used, so that you don't necessarily need to know the exact meaning of it. But but yeah, very very cool, very authentic. Yeah. Another thing I really liked, which will lead into me starting the synopsis, is this was a sh- this is a show so far at least where some of the dialogue is ripped straight out of the first issue. The co- the conversation that they have at the dinner table in like that very first scene when she comes home is is like directly the first scene in the comic where she comes yeah. home and her dad is like Yusuf is like talking to um her brother whose name is escaping me at this moment. Amir? Amir, Amir, yeah, and he's praying like a lot, and and her dad's like to him, if you keep praying, you're you're gonna starve to death, like directly out of. And I just thought that that was cool. I don't need that the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the. It has to be the exact verbiage, he said calmly. I don't need that, but I just think it's cool <laughs> to start that way. Speaking of starting, okay, let's do the synopsis. This synopsis was written by uh, Rachel Page. From Marvel.com. So thank you, Rachel. Rachel. Meet Kamala Khan. <laughs> she's your she's your regular 16-year-old girl living in Jersey City with a loving but overbearing family, a close group of friends, teenage angst, and problems. And oh yeah. 
<laughs> Something cosmic is going on with her. You better believe it, baby. <laughs> We're getting cosmic up in here. We're already getting our head of our ahead of ourselves. The best place to start with this journey is right at the beginning with episode one of Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel, Generation Y, and Kamala's love and admiration for the one and only Captain Marvel. Kamala loves Captain Marvel. Her bedroom is plastered with posters and clippings featuring the Avenger. And not only that, but she's just finished editing a video wondering where exactly she is and what she's been up to. Details about Captain Marvel have been sparse since she defeated Thanos. And even though Kamala's listened to all of Scott Lang's podcasts, which I thought was really funny. Yes, excellent, excellent. Uh, big me, little me. She's still got some <laughs> lingering questions. Maybe some of them will be answered at the upcoming AvengerCon. It's the place to go to celebrate all superheroes, and Kamala can't wait to attend herself. Of all the Avengers, Scott Lang would be the one. To have a podcast, absolutely. Oh, you know that is 100% true. Uh, I don't even know what I'm implying here. It's just funny to me. Well, you remember like it, when he came back from, uh, what was it? From uh, from the, the quantum realm, and then there was those kids that wanted to take a picture with Hulk, and he was like, yeah. you guys want to take a picture with me? I'm Ant-Man. <laughs> he's leaving his name out there, dude. He needs to work on his brand. Yeah, that's true. People, people don't appreciate him as an Avenger, so he'll do the publicity. Exactly. He knows the close-up magic. I feel like he's pretty much there. You know that's what his. You know he's had several tangents about his close-up magic yeah. career. In, Y'all in are his fans podcast. of Doctor Strange. Watch this. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Did you notice that when they were looking, when they were showing her YouTube channel, that there was a video about Ant-Man and the Wasp's romantic Paris vacation? I did see that. Yes. <laughs> Do you think we will think we'll find out more about that? I hope so. I, I don't think I hope we so. will. Be, do you, is Wasp gone? Be, is she, isn't Evangeline no? Lily like out? No. No. Oh. No, they're just going to hope that out. nobody talks about it. Oh, okay. And well, the off-screen stuff. Okay. Sorry, Marvel. Don't come at me. Yeah. It's, and they're already filming, Get so I, guy. yeah, I, I know there were like there was talk of like, oh, are they going to reduce her role? But hmm. you know, just like Sherry, I think they're just going to keep on moving forward, and yeah. we'll see what happens after their next movie. But uh, gotcha. Okay. Hey, there's just one problem. <laughs> her parents, Muniba, aka her mom, and or Ami, and Yusuf, aka her dad, and or Abu, aren't too keen on letting her go to AvengerCon. And her brother, Amir, can't help but make fun of her for it. After Kalama, Kalama, Kamala fails her driving test, a little bit of dyslexia here, sorry, her mother chides her, telling her to keep her head out of the clouds and focus on the now instead. Things don't get much better at school, as the guidance counselor, Mr. Wilson, also wonders where Kamala goes when she starts daydreaming. He, too, wants her to be a little more grounded. I thought that, that car accident scene was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. But also, it was a little bit, like, cliche. Hmm. But it's fine. I think it's fine to be cliche if it was effective. She's a struggling teen driver. I think that's relatable. Yeah, I think they were just trying to establish, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. that she's kind of a mess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a fellow mess, I can <laughs> mess, understand mess. Side note about the guidance counselor, Mr. Wilson, Gabe. Uh, if you look, his he's got on his desk a monogram. It's GWW. Like G. Willow Wilson. Mm. He's Gabe W. Wilson. So okay. I think that's a, a shout out to the original writer. That's pretty cool. I This is where it started. And Danny is the one that actually said this in the um, the Discord, the Patreon exclusive Discord. Hey. Pa- Patron Daniel. <laughs> Patron Daniel. Patron Daniel said this. I didn't make this connection right away. And, and once he said it, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But I think this is where if my brain would have been fully turned on, 
this scene is where I would have realized, oh, this is Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. with com- with like Marvel characters. Yeah. And I think that's what makes me, spoiler alert, love this episode so much because I am a huge Scott Pilgrim fan. Like it's in my top 10 movies, probably top yeah. five. We, uh, we watched it a couple nights ago, actually, because yeah. of this. Yeah, I love that movie. I think Edgar Wright just does a great job with the like, just the artistry of the movie is it's like a comic book and that's what this felt mm-hmm. like like when they're texting later and like the writing of the text is I in the love that yeah I agree there's like graffiti moving around like I just think that that style is really cool and it's fun to watch mm-hmm. um, I mean you have to do a little work sometimes because they're texting and not saying anything and now you're reading but who cares like if you have subtitles on you're reading anyway it's part of the experience is reading what's changing on the wall did you catch that when kamala got home and she turned on the tv and scott pilgrim was the movie that was on tv i didn't catch that i this is actually i'm kind of sad about this because of the way that i um spent my weekend i did not get to watch this a second time this is like the first episode of a disney plus series in a long time that i have not watched twice before mm. recording oh you got to rewatch it before yeah yeah. The next one. But. Where, what do you know? What scene in Scott Pilgrim it was? Uh, he kissed somebody. I just watched this movie. I should. He kissed somebody. There's yeah. only a few people he kisses. Yeah, it was probably. Uh, it was probably uh, Ramona. Okay. Ramona. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my mind. <laughs> well, you guys know how I feel about conference room talks and exposition and. I think this movie tackles it a little. The movie, excuse me, this episode tackles that a little in a, in a little different way to make some of those expository scenes a little bit more interesting. Oh sure, yeah. Watching two people text shouldn't be entertaining, but it was. They did a just the visual flair of that, how the letters were rearranging and yeah. the emoji appearing in the uh, you know in in the neon and everything. Very cool. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I really like. I'm thinking now too about the scene later where she's. You know, the, she and Bruno are both talking about um, all we the different. About fl- <laughs> oh, she and uh, Redacted are talking about <laughs> like the different flares she can add to her Captain Marvel costume, and the graffiti on the wall in the background is like highlighting all her ideas. And I just thought that was really cool. That was that was a lot of fun. Just a fun touch. Yeah, Guardian Captain Marvel and, and the. I I don't expect that they'll stop doing this. But just putting this out there, I hope they keep doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. I hope every episode keeps having this stuff. It would no be matter weird how... if it didn't yeah. going forward. Maybe even in serious scenes. Like if, if she gets into a fight with whoever the villain ends up being. If there is a villain in this show, like maybe, you know, you have some pows and some bams or mm-hmm. something. Some onomatopoeias. I don't know. I love onomatopoeias. Yeah. I, I kind of too, um, I don't know if we should talk about it because there's like, villain possibilities okay so i've been thinking about this yeah. a lot and i would rather not talk about okay. the villain from that first arc because if you are not familiar with the villain from the first arc i want you to be surprised okay. <laughs> by this character if they do this character accurate to the comics i want you to be surprised okay that being said i have caught a couple things in the background that to me feel at the very least like Easter eggs referencing this character. Okay. I won't say what they are right now because that would give it away, but I'll, I'll tell you af- afterwards. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling based on the way you won't talk about it, I might know what they are. But Yeah, yeah. What's next? Thankfully, Kamala's got two best friends who are there for her no matter what. Uh, Redacted and Nakia. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they did not bet on Kamala failing her driver's test and Nakia is now $10 richer. 
Uh, as the trio walks through the school halls, Kamala, Kamala accidentally collides with Zoe, who they used to be friends with. However, ever since Zoe got like 80,000 followers, they've drifted apart. But still, maybe Zoe would drive them to AvengerCon this weekend, considering that Kamala can't drive. After school, Kamala can't. Kamala can't drive. I'm so sorry. That's cool. Kamala stops by the circle queue where Redacted works. He's been busy putting the finishing touches on her Captain Marvel costume for the Captain Marvel cosplay contest. Ooh, say that ten times fast. And it looks no, amazing. Redacted even learns to airbrush for this. However, the costume is missing one thing, but neither of them can put a finger on what it is yet. It should be something that makes the costume distinctly Kamala. Arriving home, Kamala is greeted by her mother, who's got a package from their grandmother, Sana, a.k.a. Nani, in Pakistan. Inside inside is a bunch of jewelry, or as Muniba would say, junk. Pulling out a bangle... Muniba grabs it away from Kamala with a stern reminder that that is junk. No time for this now, as Muniba and Kamala have to go shopping for Amir's upcoming wedding. And spoiler alert, Kamala is too short for every dress she tries on. That I was can't a... believe you spoiled that, you jerk. I am so sorry. <laughs> At least she wrote in spoiler alert. Yeah, in the summary. I like the difference here, too. Like, I like that there's... um. I guess this is actually a spoiler alert, but it's not really a big plot point. There's nothing about Amir getting married in the first run. That's no. the thing that they've added for this show. So I'm, I'm curious where that's going to lead. But it kind of makes sense. Um, we will talk about this later. In the comic, she is an inhuman. Like, we learn that she's an inhuman. Correct. And they're not bringing that, at least right now, with Kamala. It doesn't look like they're bringing that to the MCU. Um, so, uh, the story involving Amir, which I won't exactly say what it is, but mm-hmm. it probably needs to be a little bit different as to not invoke inhuman stuff. Yeah. No, I, mm-hmm. I have not read this run like you guys have, so I have no idea. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. You really should read it. Yeah. I, I will talk about the inhuman aspect a little bit later. I've got, I've got some thoughts on that. Yeah. And I get the feeling based on maybe this is the most obvious thing in the world but i'm just gonna say it in case it's not i get the feeling that kamala's mom knows exactly what the bangle does same because yep. she, that same feeling because yep. she went over and like snatched it right away and that is another thing i will be talking about yeah, later this is junk don't touch it like oh, it's not junk and you know mm-hmm. maybe that's part of why she's overprotective i'm gonna shut up because you're gonna say no no, no 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 okay uh, speak naturally speak naturally with the days quickly ticking, no. <laughs> where are the drugs going? <laughs> With the days quickly ticking by before AvengerCon, Redacted encourages Kamala to ask directly and nicely if she can go. How long will he continue this joke? Mustering up the courage, Kamala stands before her parents with one last-ditch plea to go, as she calls it, to an educational experience with a historical reenactment, a.k.a. a costume contest. It's the first time it's ever happening, and she doesn't want Bruno to have to go. Ah, I, that's exactly how long. Oh, no. <laughs> we have to break out into song now. <laughs> Look what you've done. She doesn't want Redacted to have seven to go Seven-foot frame. That song is back. <laughs> when you hear his name, you are supposed to redact. No. <laughs> See, my brain always fills it in with, she turned around and gave that big booty a smack. Hey, she hit the floor. Next thing you know. 
We don't talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. Okay. You're welcome or we're sorry. <laughs> Both. So you want to go to a party at night? Is this a joke? Is Redacted recording this for the internet? Mundiba asks. To which Kamala has to explain she is very serious about this and really wants to go dressed as Captain Marvel, who has a costume that is too tight, which leaves Muniba in a tizzy. Ooh, tizzy. Regardless of how good her pitch is, no, Kamala can't go. Oh, That little hiccup isn't going to set Kamala back. Alone in her room, she stands in front of her mirror admiring her newly done costume. Even though she strikes her best hero pose, something still feels off. They don't last long as her parents quickly come bursting into her room with a surprise. She can go to Avenger Con, but only under a few conditions. For starters, Yusuf is going to drive her there. They will go inside together for two hours. And also, they're going to wear matching costumes. Matching Hulk costumes. Okay, but this was actually cute. It was adorable and made me really sad. Yeah. Uh I get the, I mean, we were all there, right? I get the, I'm a teenager, being seen with my parents isn't the thing that I want. Mm -hmm. Other kids aren't going to be there with their parents. But also, Yusuf went all out on that Hulk costume. Mm -hmm. And for And he seemed real excited to go. Yes. And to like share, you know, in his daughter's interests, you know, like. And for Muniba to God, have... I'm old because I'm thinking this way when you've asked me like 15 years ago to have been like, oh, I can't believe they did that to her. Yeah. yeah. Well, and for... Mu- growing up. For them to have turned around on this decision, they had the conversation late at night. And mm-hmm. then in the morning, this conversation happened. So that means Muniba probably stayed up for a good portion of the night. Mm-hmm. She said she made that Hulk costume herself. So she was probably up all night making this costume for her daughter. And, you know, not I, I do not fault this as the logic of the show because this is absolutely what a 15, 16-year-old kid would do. But Kamala could have just said, here's the costume I've been working on. I've been working really hard on it. As you can see, it is not skimpy. It is yeah. not, you know, if she had been open and had that conversation with her parents. But that is one of the hardest things to do when you're a teenager. So, yeah, like, And I, I sort of disagree with that, Chris, because just because it isn't revealing doesn't necessarily mean in that culture it's not skimpy that is true that that is absolutely true yeah uh, uh, if you look different right if you look at sort of what they wear a lot of it has to do with like what's like close to the skin oh yeah uh shape is as much revealing as it is like skin that is true okay i I didn't think about that 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 is that is absolutely true Hmm. that's a good point yeah i was kind of more like it's not that bad just open your robe yeah. Well, because to me, I'm like, even if they do, they just told you the night before you can't go. And in the conversation, I, I don't know. This is what I would have done as a teenager. But I also am not of that culture and I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a woman. So I don't know if this would have worked out the same way. If my mom would have said the same thing to me, I would have gone and got the costume and been like, this is it. Like, yeah, I'll put like, it on for you talk right about now. this because yeah. you already told me no. So mm-hmm. here's my last my second last ditch effort to mm-hmm. say. This is what I'm talking about. Is this too skimpy? You know, but I don't know how that works. I yeah. didn't. I didn't have to have those conversations with. Yeah, I think it just kind of went how it did with. Um, I mean, I, I, it seemed very believable to. Oh yeah. Me. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Very, yes. That's how that went down, and also like, this is a very, even though it's a Marvel thing, and we've got you know these powers, we've got a, a, some some extra additions here. It's a very classic teenage story absolutely like yeah wanting to go to the thing the dance mm-hmm. the prom the event 
The parents say no. The uh-huh. kid goes anyway. You mm-hmm. know, things happen. Hijinks. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very classic story. So this just Wee. kind of fits into that classic mold. <laughs> yeah. I slapped the mic. Down. Oh, yeah. Like I said, that wasn't a criticism at all. Like, it made perfect logical sense. Yeah. As uh, like how that would actually go down. It's just in hindsight, you look back at your teenage years and go, oh, I could have done that differently. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I also feel like this episode was solid enough that we have to, if we're going to say anything on both sides ab- about it, we have to be a little nitpicky because I don't have any major complaints. Yeah. No, I don't either. I, major I really loved this. Yeah. But spoilers. <laughs> uh, Kamala is flabbergasted. Oh, I like this writer. Yeah. What a tizzy, flabbergasted. At seeing her dad in all green, flexing like the Hulk, and lets her emotions bubble over. There's no way she's going to AvengerCon with him dressed like that. I'm going to say I was also flabbergasted, but in the positive way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Same. What is way positive, to go, Abu. What is positive flabbergasted? You know, it's it's like being dumbstruck, there's a, but... There's a word for it, for sure, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, think on it. I will. That's your homework assignment. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> this deeply hurts her parents. As Muniba made the costume herself, and Yusuf was clearly eager to go with his daughter. But considering her attitude lately, and this snafu, her parents both agree she is not going to AvengerCon. Mm-hmm. Snafu, also a good word. It really is. Yeah. You know what it stands for, right? Where it comes from? Uh, snap-fu. No, it's... Uh... <laughs> No. The legend, I don't know if this is actually true the or not, legend. but, but, the, but uh, uh, the supposed etymology of it is that it was a military term. The G-rated version of it is situation normal, all fouled up. Ah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Can we talk real quick about how good of an actor everyone is in this show? Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone's yeah. performance is like great. Very like, good. There's not like a weak link among them. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm really, they're, they're selling everything very believably. I, yeah. I'm really, really a fan. Yeah, I, I, you know, I did not have this upbringing, but it, it did feel like very authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know this. I wanted to bring this up earlier. Just, I guess we'll backtrack a little bit here. When they're going shopping, and her and she and her mom are in the dress shop, and initially Kamala's putting the dresses on. She says they're too the the. Taylor says they're too short, and her mom is on Kamala's side. She's yeah. like, it's not too short. The dress is not right. Then her yeah. friend comes in, and they're they're chatting, and Kamala... I keep doing this. Kamala. Kamala. My this dyslexia. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I mean, we do have a vice president. I know. With the same but name, I don't say but, her but name said differently. I, I had this tr- I've had this trouble when when... Kamala Harris, I had to think this time. Yeah. Because like when she started becoming much more prominent, I knew the name from Kamala Khan. Yeah. And the Pakistani pronunciation is Kamala. Yeah. And the Indian pronunciation is Kamala. Mm-hmm. And I would get the mix up in my head. And now I'm going the other way because we've been hearing about Kamala Harris for the past, you know, three or four years a, a lot in the news. Yeah. So when they announced, oh, Miss Marvel with Kamala Khan, I like I had to like retrain my brain that it's Kamala, see, I have to think about it yeah. every time I say her name. I'm only going to call her Miss Marvel from now on. <laughs> no, you're not. You're right. I thought that that was a classic parent move, though. When the friend came in and they started chatting, and Kamala was like, "Good for her for following her," like interrupting. Good for that mm-hmm. person for following her dreams. And and then suddenly her mom was like, "You're right. The dress is too short. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sucks for you. <laughs> Get a different one." 
Uh, where are we over here? Upset, Kamala heads over to talk to Redacted at the Circle Q in search of a much-needed pep talk, where he happ- which he happily gives her. He's also got a surprise. He's made her faux photon gloves. Faux photon, that's fun. For her photon. Captain Marvel costume. And it's another one of Redacted's inventions that gives Kamala an idea. What if they can use the voice-activated Zuzu that Redacted's recently made for Yusuf to monitor the house so that Kamala can sneak out to AvengerCon? I do think it's interesting that they are giving Bruno... They're giving they're giving Bruno like a tinkerer like like background. He yeah. in, in the comic I'll say he he helps he helps like he's like a good sidekick. Yeah. I don't recall him being like a I made this very advanced piece of technology. Well, let me ask you, do you think in any way they are combining Bruno with the character of his brother from the comics? I don't want to give too much away with that plot line. Maybe you know you guys are giving a lot of way a lot away by not wanting to give too much away. Mm, no, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's we a lot are. You might, you than might, you think it yeah, is. Yeah, you might think we are. We're definitely not. Yeah, it's. I really need you to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, but I don't. His brother wasn't that techy. I know what you're. I know what you're saying, but mm-hmm. it's possible. I think it's cool though. I think it's yeah, yeah. If it has nothing to do with any other character, I still think it's a cool trait to give Bruno. Everybody needs a man in the chair. Yeah, exactly. And he's cool in the comic too. But he, um, like what he does in the comic most of the time is just work at the Circle Q. Yeah, he's just he's one of the people that's always there. Anyway, they're going to sneak out using Zuzu. It's a very long and complicated plan involving I Heart Kamala shirts, dinner. Kamala sneaking out and jumping out windows, bikes, buses, or as Bruno deduces, the new plan is just they take the bus to AvengerCon. Hey, if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. Chris, you think, and I think this is a shared sentiment, yeah. that the actor that plays Kamala, Aman Vellani, just is Kamala Khan. They shook the comic book and she fell out. <laughs> and they said, here, go go be in this TV show. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have watched any of the press or the interviews with her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So one thing that is very true from, uh, from this adaptation of the character is that in the comic books, she is a super fan of the Avengers and all the different Marvel heroes. You know, she's, she's a fangirl. She's a comic book fangirl uh, in the comic books. And Iman Vellani is a comic book fangirl, and specifically, she's an MCU fangirl, which is really fun. She actually has talked about how she got into comic books because she saw Iron Man and had a huge crush on Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> so she started, uh, there was a comic book store across the, the street from her school, and she talked about how she would get $20 allowance every month, and she would spend it all on comic books. And she started out reading Iron Man, then she started reading Iron Heart. And Kamala Khan was uh, was featured in some of Ironheart, and she's like, "Wait a minute, what's this?" And like, this girl looks like looks like me. I, I got to read this. So she started reading Miss Marvel. She fell in love with the character. She was Miss Marvel for Halloween one year, uh, like when she was fifteen. Um, and I've seen pictures of that, and oh my god, it's just so cool. And she has the courage to tell Kevin Feige that he's wrong, and that the MCU is not six one six. Oh. And I am totally on her side on that. Let's go. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get into that in our Doctor Strange episode. <laughs> but she's like, nope, I don't care what you say. 
He's like, it's 616 because I say it. And then she goes, nope, it's 199999. <laughs> she goes, 616 is the comics. And she has gotten into arguments with Kevin Feige about <laughs> She's this. like, bro, I just read it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's, she just seems like so much fun. <laughs> like, uh, and she is everything Kamala Khan is in the comics, but in real life. And like you talk to anyone that's involved in the show, I've seen interviews. Uh, Sana Amanat, who the editor I was talking about earlier, is also an executive producer on this show. And we, there's a little clip on Disney Plus. They have a um, like a little five minute thing. It's like getting to know Miss Marvel, and they've got interviews with some of the cast and crew and everything. And even she's like, "Yeah, this girl is Kamala." <laughs> you know. Uh, so I just I'm so excited to see where it goes and. Just to have this actress and this character as part of the MCU going forward, they've already they've been very open about the fact that she's going to be in the Captain Marvel sequel, mm. yes. um, the Marvels, the Marvels, yeah, Jeez. which is also bringing in Monica from WandaVision. Let's go! I'm so excited for that because I like all three of those characters, and and uh, the the S in the Marvels is the lightning bolt from Miss the Miss Marvel logo. It's great, and so. It's cool having someone who is so invested in all of this being part of it, you know, and I'm excited to see, you know, what she does with the character and how she tackles some of the tougher stuff that I'm sure is coming up. And uh, what what a find, like, by that casting. Oh, yeah. You don't get a, uh, you don't always get a perfect match like the Robert Downey Jr. to mm-hmm. Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so it's cool that it's happening again. And you saying that she, I didn't know that she like uh, back talked to Kevin Feige, which I think even more represents Kamala because that's part of her thing is that she's stubborn. She's yeah. like, no, yeah. you're, I'm sorry, I'm right, and I have to do this, or you know, I gotta stand my ground. So I think that's cool. I I, I like when that happens. I I wish it would happen more often. I feel like Tom Holland is that way too, but I am not. You know, Robbie's going to maybe listen to this one day and disagree with me because I just think Tom Holland is the best uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Who? Tom Holland? Is that Peter guy you mentioned? I've never, never heard of him. Oh, Robbie? <laughs> no, Peter. Peter who? I don't remember a Peter Parker. Oh, I see what you're doing. He's, he's doing a yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a bit. I'm doing a bit. Don't Dude, worry about it. you got me good. I, <laughs> I was like, what? Did I, did I say the wrong name? <laughs> like, I've heard of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Peter Pettigrew. Um, oh my! <laughs> Actually, Kevin Feige has compared her to Tom Holland. Yes, I thought uh, you were going to say Kevin Feige compared <laughs> Peter, Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Oh, he's my like, we God. hired her, and I said, this is Wormtail. <laughs> Great. Uh, I'm going to get us out of this that night. Kamala goes in search of one last thing to add to her Captain Marvel costume, and heads up into the attic for something that makes it unique to just her. Digging around in an old chest, she comes across some of Amir's things and also a handful of Avengers pictures she drew as a child. Her artwork has definitely gotten better over the years. Kamala then spots the box that Nani sent them and opens it up to discover that the ornate bangle is inside. Kamala picks it up and studies it as the light behind her flickers. Not thinking anything of it, she grabs the bangle and heads back downstairs. The light started flickering. I was like, get out of there, girl. Vecna's there. <laughs> If I only could, I do it, God. Uh, it's in my head forever. <laughs> it's never leaving. Uh, on the day of AvengerCon, things are going great until they aren't. 
Kamala's foolproof plan to sneak out goes off the rails almost immediately. After dinner runs long, her and Redacted miss the first bus. I'm laughing because I'm remembering her running out the door as her dad says, I need you to listen to what I have to say about the parents. (laughs) That reminds me of you so much. (laughs) Because you had that tweet. Did I? (laughs) Or you had that tweet. What tweet? What are you talking about? About the the Tiki Room birds. What? Oh, what? (laughs) Are you talking? (laughs) The only Tiki Room bird I could tweet I can think of was like a long time ago. It's probably the one. Where I was like, I like to imagine that when people leave that show early, it's because they're offended. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're like, singing flowers, that's not right. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know what you're talking about. Just forget. I did talk about the birds attacking the people at the Magic Carpets once. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. And that's why you're involved. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Yes. Also, it's just funny to me that he's like, I need to tell you about this specifically niche thing. That's why it reminds me of you. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. I also like when she is really trying to fully reenact the plan that they had in her head, and she full-on jumps out the window (laughs) onto the tree branch, which is very, I think it's funny this way, very clearly like a fake tree branch. Like Uh That set piece was like, Okay, you're a set piece. But it was just funny <laughs> the way the whole damn thing fell uh-huh. without snapping, just a clean cut, and now she's on the ground and she gets back up like she didn't just fall out of a tree that she leapt into. Yeah. Uh let's see. They missed the first bus, and then Kamala's bike is left behind on the streets of Jersey City. But you know what? It's okay because Redacted and Kamala are on their way to AvengerCon. Picture the greatest celebration ever of Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Black Widow, Star-Lord, and literally every Avenger under the sun who helped defeat Thanos. That's AvengerCon. Redacted and Kamala are mesmerized by it. The cosplayers, the merchandise, the photo opportunities. There's so much to see and do. Where to even start? I want a New Jersey AvengerCon t-shirt. I want an AvengerCon yeah, yeah. That's, that's what Bailey was saying yesterday as we were watching. She's like, why yeah. doesn't this exist? It sh- I mean, I'm sure it does. Feige has said that to a degree. it might someday. Oh, let's go, Feige. I mean, Star Wars has its own celebration, and you know, I think an AvengerCon would be really I mean, successful. We could find a way to, I mean, we could cover it if they end up ever doing yeah, it. Yeah, you need oh, press? Would. Yeah. yeah. We we'll, could we'll start go. it. Who wants us to start AvengerCon? We're going to need to up the Patreon price. <laughs> <laughs> we need your help, patrons. Calling all patrons. Do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. I did see, by the way, you, did you see that Groot shirt, Mr. Tree? Uh, that someone was wearing? Yes, I did. They are actually selling that shirt. Oh, that's cool. I, I did see that uh, the, the greeting card with Captain America that said, you're welcome, America. Oh, man. I just need I need all of these things oh, yeah. to be real. With, the like fat Captain yeah, America. Yeah, the one that hit the, he, had the, he had a fat booty. Yeah, uh-huh. and he, he said, did. "You're welcome, America." Yeah, that's what I meant too by fat. Like his booty was mm-hmm. juicy. I think there's probably I know you hate Easter eggs mentioning Easter eggs, but I feel like that is. Oh uh, yeah, like you hate cheese. I know, I know. That's a situation where I feel like we could have gone through that scene in super slow mo and found. Oh, there is nothing but Easter eggs. I read actually that they turned in a shorter version of that because they filmed so much and they showed it to test audiences and they wanted more. So now everything they shot is in there. Yeah. Uh, So true to the comics, too, with all the little background gags and stuff. Love it. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. I really hope there's a fish out of it. It's a poor fish, but I hope somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a fish out of water. This is where I'd also like to say thank you, Disney Plus, for not covering up 
your screen with user interface whenever I pause because I was trying to pause to look at details in Stranger Things and Netflix would start popping up with its all these things all over. Uh, I was do getting like real the, mad. I don't really know with does Netflix do like the X-ray thing that uh, Amazon Prime does? The, like no, but they do like suggestions and. Stuff Why do like you that. need a suggestion when you're in the middle of a show? Yeah, I'm pausing either because I want to see something or because I got to pee, you know. And yeah. I don't need you to like pop up with like a hey, hundred different things. <laughs> hey, do you want to stop watching this thing you're in the middle of yeah. and watch Ozark instead? I'm pausing <laughs> specifically to see the stuffed figment that's in the bottom of the screen, and now you're covering it up with a play button. Yeah, that's weird. Although I do like the X-ray feature of Amazon Prime. That is cool when you're like, I know that person from somewhere. Yeah. Oh. That's them. Yeah. You know, having that as an option, great. Yeah. Anyway, we're not sponsored by Prime. Clearly. Sorry, Daddy. We are sponsored by Audible, though. (laughs) Oh, insert Audible clip here. Yeah, thank you, Daddy Bezos. I can't can't say that without throwing up. Sorry. Don't tell Audible I said that. I can. Uh, I just throw up later. Hey, everybody. It's, It's still Peaches. I've been talking to you for a while. It's me again. I'm here to do the Audible read. What? You guys know? Assembly required? It's brought to you by Audible.com, our lovely sponsor. You know, you can get a free trial at Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash assembly required, you get a free 30-day trial of Audible. You can cancel at any time. It helps the show out. One thing that they have I've been looking into lately is sleep stories. I don't know. I don't know about y'all. I, you know, life's been really busy. Sometimes I have trouble falling asleep. You know, you just get riled up from the day. Got to find something to wind you down. There's tons of sleep stories on Audible. They have soundscapes as well. ASMR. If if you're into ASMR, you know we've we've you know poked around with that on the show before. Personally, I like to find. I'm gonna see if they have this. I can't speak for it right now, but I want to take a look in their collection because I love listening to like a thunderstorm to fall asleep. So I'm going to go digging through that on Audible. You can too. If if this is something we have in common, there's also, you know, plenty of other stuff on there. They're the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. There's so much stuff on audible.com. So if you want to support y- your pals on the show, the assembly required cast, audibletrial.com slash assembly required. Again, that's a free 30-day trial. Thank you so much for listening, and I will throw it back to probably me, (laughs) but from the past. There's so much to see and do. Where to even start? The two run wild throughout the convention space, soaking in everything until there's an announcement that the Captain Marvel cosplay contest is about to start. But that's when Kamala spots Zoe across the way, who also happens to be dressed as Captain Marvel. Who knew she was going to be here, let alone dressed as Kamala's hero? Did you... I don't know if... I paused to look at this, and I'm pretty sure that that Captain Marvel costume is based on the Miss Marvel costume from when Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel. It uses the Captain Marvel colors, but the design of it is very much the Miss Marvel costume. Yep. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I just noticed, you know, Bruno saying that's not even accurate. You said it. You said no, you word. said it. <laughs> I've already ruined it. It's like yeah. I've already said my name was before. Yeah. Like, everyone already knows if you listen to this. Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, this is just enough to rattle Kamala, but Bruno reminds her that this is her time to shine, not Zoe's. Not me. Not Hermione. You. 
Kamala's for the bathroom <laughs> and changes into her costume. Wrapped up in the moment, she completely forgets about the photon gloves redacted made for her. Arriving by the stage, Kamala is frustrated enough to suggest she go running back for them, but there's no time. Redacted insists that she's fine without them and points out that Nani's bangle is just as good. After some prodding at it, Kamala opens up the clasp and puts the bangle on. That's when things get weird for Kamala. A strange sensation comes over her, and she turns to Bruno to ask if he felt it too. I like my inconsistency. Don't look at me. He has no time to answer (laughs) because he's busy ushering her onto the stage. However, Kamala still feels weird. Something's off. The flashing lights are too much, and she struggles to regain her footing when all of a sudden she's shooting hard light particles out of her hand. And the crowd goes wild. The monsters. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about this before recording, but I think it's interesting that they are calling this power hard light particles, Uh, which is not, I mean, it's not wrong. It's not an an interesting, like, actually, it's not like one of those. It's just Mm -hmm. a, like you said, it reminds me of Portal. Also, everyone play Portal 2. Is that a thing we're going to recommend? You can. It can be. I, I know, but I already have three lined up. Wow. I know. Look at you, Mr. Prepared. Well, because the last two times I've been like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so when she puts on the bracelet for the first time and she like like falls backwards and then ends up in like another plane or yeah, something. Yeah, with the people with glowy, scary eyes. Right. With all of those people, are they people who have worn the, the band before? Are they- Yeah, I don't know. You know, who, who do we think they are? And also, do we think this is going to be some sort of- Another item like the Ten Rings that has some sort of Eternal-Z type connection. Like, are there artifacts that are just throughout planet Earth that, you know... That seems right. Yeah. They're all going to end up being connected in some sort of weird Voltron machine. Who knows? (laughs) The age of Voltron. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Do you stand by having seen, like her use her powers in three different ways only do you stand by the um synopsis you gave me that it feels like a green lantern situation that's the closest thing i could describe her powers to yeah i don't think they are obviously exactly like green lantern's yeah, yeah, powers, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. the idea of you think of something in your mind and you project it out yeah, yeah. okay yeah i wouldn't be surprised if um like those glowing eyes in the background, maybe one of them is her grandma. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. You know, like, I think that's why her, again, I think that's why her mom was like, no, you don't need to touch that. Because my guess is her mom is like, yeah, my mom's life was chaotic because of all of this superheroing with the bangle, and I don't want that for you. Yeah. Right. And uh, she even said, like, oh, my mother was a fantasy dreamer, too. Yep. Uh, maybe I just ruined the plot. I don't know. If you didn't, I will in a couple minutes. No one knows this isn't supposed to be happening, and Kamala is just as shocked as everyone else. She can't control the hard light coming out of her hands, and unfortunately for everyone, Kamala manages to hit a nearby giant iron, bleh, giant Ant-Man head with just enough of this force that it If it's a giant off. Ant-Man head, isn't it just a giant man head? Giant man, that's true canonically no well if it is an ant-man head that is giant wouldn't it just be a regular man's head oh shit whoa play the illuminati sound here peaches illuminati 
And with just enough force that it falls off and begins rolling across the convention floor, destroying everything in its path. I like how nonchalantly this happened for I know, the first I was half like, of eh. it. Oh, cool. People seem kind of excited it was happening. And then Zoe gets whacked by Mjolnir, and it I was the she was funniest thing. Dead? I thought she was God. Yes. I thought, I thought she was a godder. She you was god. It, you she thought was... it was like the boys or like yes. Invincible, where we're having this really heartfelt, like coming of age teen story, and suddenly teenager murdered by giant Mjolnir. <laughs> AvengerCon canceled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, that's definitely part of it. That giant head rolling across the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. That's a YTMND thing. <laughs> uh, destroying everything in his path. Ant-Man's head crashes into what's holding up a giant overhanging Mjolnir, and it comes swinging down with the full force of the God of Thunder himself, crashing right into Zoe, who goes flying. Still wildly unsure of why this is happening or how to control it, Kamala manages to blast enough hard light to give Zoe a safe place to fall from Mjolnir. In the ensuing chaos, Redacted grabs Kamala and the two of them hurry out of AvengerCon. Now, this was an interesting scene because we had this conversation, and I guess so did the internet, about how this whole bangle thing is not Kamala's power set from the comics, and this is maybe the first time they have gone away they've changed her power set in this way so chris you have some things to say about it because in this scene she used hard light to make big fist to embiggen her fists sort of yes so i kamala's powers in the comics are very similar to mr fantastics uh but she calls it embiggening like Simpsons, because, of course, I love it. You know, she, She's a normal person who talks only in Simpsons references. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she uses it in, like, I've, I've always thought that she uses it in very interesting ways that I feel like Mr. Fantastic doesn't. I've seen her flatten herself to, like, fit under a crack in the door. She, like, stretches up and gets huge so she can walk with giant strides. Yeah, that's her version of flying. Yeah, so she can pass differences, you know, or she'll just make, like, a big giant fist and... That's why she's like, I'm big in when she does that. I'll say this. I want to interrupt you real quick to say it reminds me of, uh, I don't remember his name because it's been so long since I watched the first season, but the character from what we do in the shadows who every time he turns into a bat, he yells bat. <laughs> that's what rem- that's what comes in, in the best way. That's what her yelling embiggen or disembiggen before she yeah. does her moves. That's what it reminds me. Because she doesn't me. need to do that. No, she does not at all. But she will do it every time. <laughs> Correct. Like, yeah. Bat. <laughs> so I was partially I, I am one of those guys and I'm sorry because I am not a person who says that everything needs to be just like it is in the comics and they've made changes to people's powers before adaptations here and there this is a pretty big change and I'm very curious to see where it goes forward from here because at least she did have that moment where she embiggened her hand with hard light and you know it, it'll probably be fine but I've always found her powers in the comics visually interesting she uses them in ways that are pretty distinct from how reed does so i'm you know i would have been fine with them keeping her stretchy maybe the bangle can make her stretchy i don't know now as for the origin of her powers i get first of all why they changed her from an inhuman to somebody who finds a magic bangle because Faye said kind of as much, but the Marvel Universe in the comics in 2014 is very different from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2022, which is to say that 2014 
Marvel Comics was really trying to push Inhumans. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, there are maybe three Inhumans anybody cares about, and one of them is a dog. Um, Aww, uh, Lockjaw. No, uh, yeah, who f- figures into the Miss Marvel comics yeah, a little you, bit. Yeah, if you love dogs, also, but Lockjaw, baby. There are generally, there. there's the Inhuman characters, the Inhuman royal family, Black Agar Boltagon, um, <laughs> I will always call him by his full name, uh, Medusa, you know, all those characters who have been around for a long time. Marvel's really trying to push them when they did not have the rights to use the X-Men in the films. Because, like, from way on high, the executives are really trying to make the Inhumans a thing. The TV show kind of flopped, all that stuff, you know, and, and they just never caught on with the public over the many decades they've been around. They've been around since the 60s, but they never really got super popular. Individual characters did. Everyone loves Lockjaw. Everyone loves Ms. Marvel. Um, Moon Girl, Moon Girl of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, she's an Inhuman. She's very popular. Uh, Daisy Johnson, Quake, she's pretty popular. But those three humans, what they have in common, they don't really interact with the Inhuman royal family, the main yeah. Inhuman characters. Yeah. That's like a mutant who is super popular that never hangs out with the X-Men. Okay, So I get why they changed that because, you know, given the ambiguous uh, canonicity at the moment of the Inhumans TV show, clearly, spoilers over the retrospective podcast, they... Clearly, they respect the TV show enough to bring back Anson Mount to play Black Black Agar Boltagon in the movie, you know, alternate universe version of him. But we don't really know where the Inhumans fit into the MCU universe right now. Nineteen nine 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 nine, and it would be too much to try to like bring them back in this TV show when they're trying to tell Kamala's story. So I get that. I am totally fine with them not making her an Inhuman. Her being an Inhuman is maybe the least interesting and least important thing about her in the comics anyway. Oh, for sure. So, absolutely fine with that. Where my concern is, is that it seems like, and I'm going to, getting into the realm of speculation here, and this is just a concern, and this is not necessarily a bad thing, and depending on how it plays out, it might even go this exact way I'm about to describe and be fine. This show is going to be Turning Red with superheroes. Have you all watched Turning Red yet? Yes. No. So, Turning Red broadly speaking, is about a girl, a teenage girl, who lives in a you know, big city kind of place, uh, is part of a culture that is traditionally kind of strict. She inherits a magical power from her mother's side of the family. This is disapproved of by her mother, <laughs> quietly encouraged by her father. And over the course of it, she comes to terms with her new powers. Her mother comes to term w- terms with her having these powers. And we all learn valuable lessons about being yourself and embracing what makes you different. That looks to be the story they're setting up right now. Mm -hmm. If she's got these powers from her grandmother, her mother doesn't approve. Her dad seems to be kind of the encouraging, quiet, uh, not necessarily quiet, like like May's father is in Turning Red. More supportive. Yeah, but yeah, the more supportive while the mother is very strict. And and not just strict about the powers, but just strict in general about... why are you doing these things? You don't never do these things. This is not what you're like. Why are you rebelling? And I can just see this playing out with a lot of the same story beats that Turning Red does. Again, not necessarily a bad thing because that's a good story. It, it's a little tough because Turning Red just came out a couple months ago. And it's a very good movie, by the way. And if you haven't watched it, I do highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it even involves recommendation. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got different recommendations. Okay. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> I can't prepare it as well. Ah, um, waka waka. But yeah, like it even shares the uh, the plot beat of her 
trying to plan with her friends how to sneak out and go to this event that teenagers would be very into that her mother doesn't understand. But you don't like those things. In that case, it's a boy band concert. In this case, it's Avengers Con. You know, the the details are going to be very different. And I do believe that the details are going to be you know, what, what sets it apart. And this, you know, there's going to end up being a superhero story and all that. I'm just a little concerned about how similar it's going to be. It could end up being fine. And, and but this is just a thing I noticed. It's now going to be in the back of my head, uh, you know, going forward. Again, I don't necessarily have a problem with, you know, two stories having a similar arc, similar themes. Um, but it is just something I noticed that's like, oh, no, did you know that Turning Red was going to come out right before this and become a big hit and tell a very similar story to what you're trying to tell here? You had the Bailey realizing Ant-Man is the Santa Claus moment. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, that is, is exactly. They just didn't, the, the difference is that the Santa Claus and Ant-Man came out very far apart from each other. Yes. Not right on top of each other. Well, I I personally hope that, like, story beat aside, I hope that they continue to have Kamala use this hard light bangle power to just mirror things from the comics. I think here's my really only gripe with this episode. It does have to do with that. At the very end, when we see the third way she uses her power, which is to make little steps to get up onto the roof. Yeah. I wish she would have embiggened her legs, like yes. elongated them like in the comic. I, like, I agree. Give yourself agree. some little hard light stilts or something to get up there, and maybe she will get there because mm-hmm. she just mm-hmm. she doesn't even know what she's really doing with it. She just discovered that it can do that. So maybe she'll get there. I I I really hope that they use it like she uses it in the comics. And I think the way that this story beat unfolds is also similar to the first issue. Zoe gets in trouble in the first issue and Kamala saves Zoe. Mm-hmm. And she does it in a pretty similar way using the embiggening of her hand to like scoop her out of danger. So I just, I I think that that is, it's cool to have all of these, look, we're doing this very parallel. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hope the powers stay that way. More than anything else. From now on, you can have nothing to do with the comic story-wise if you want to. You know, tell your full original story, uh, but keep the cool powers. Yeah. <laughs> keep the embiggening. Uh, returning home, Kamala now has to sneak back into the house roughly two hours after she anticipated. Thinking she's in the clear, she climbs through her bedroom window only to find Muniba sitting there waiting for her, who scolds her as only a mother can. Ooh, this is the full quote. This is going to hurt some people to the core. Mm. I'm not recognizing you. Who is this rebellious girl lying to Abu and me? You know that what you did tonight would betray me, and you did it anyway. It's time to stop fantasizing about being Captain Marvel. I wish you would focus on you, your story. Who do you want to be in this world? Do you want to be good like we raised you to be? Or do you want to be this cosmic head-in-the-clouds person? I felt mean just repeating that. Yeah, Strict? I don't know if mean is the right word. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, there are some good points in there mixed in with some, I don't necessarily want to call them bad points, but like, you know, she's right about you need to think about who you want to be, but then she kind of follows it up with, do you want to be what I want you to be? Or do you want to be the bad option? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it's like a mix of, oh, there's a point there, Mm, kind of undermined it there a little bit. Being a little biased mom. Yeah. 
After Muniba leaves, Kamala collapses on her bed and takes another look at her hand with the bangle. It glows. Cosmic, she whispers. And then we get a post-credit scene yeah! in the first episode of a thing. I love it. Neat. Meanwhile, you know how quickly good videos spread from AvengerCon. Footage of Kamala has made its way to the Department of Damage Control, and at first, Agent Cleary brushes it off as a cosplayer with too much time on their hands. But Agent Deaver adds she's never seen powers like that before. Agent Cleary realizes there's only one thing to do. Bring her in. Do you know who these people are? Oh, Cleary is from No Way Home. He's the one that, that tells Aunt May to lawyer up. I don't remember. I Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. She's a new character that we haven't seen before, but he was in No Way Home. Okay. I still need to I still need to watch that a he's, second time. He's the one everybody thought was Matt Murdock when they saw his arms. <laughs> yeah, I didn't click on that article. Okay, we should move to the last sections like we always do, but uh-huh. what is this spider? Is this like the Snyder Cut? It's an extended version of Spider-Man No Way Home that's being re-released to theater so that Sony can claim the highest grossing superhero movie of all time. They're hoping uh, that it'll push it just over Endgame. Can't believe Morbius didn't do it for them. Yeah. They're, I think, <laughs> you know, part of me thinks that it is trying to make up for the loss of Morbius. They, they, I said they should have called the loss of Morbius. They're they're calling it the more fun edition, and, and I'm my conspiracy theory is that it's actually the Morb fun edition, <laughs> and and Morbius is actually going to end up factoring into this. Incredible. They have a whole version where he is one of the captured the, villains. The the only extra thing is that at one point Morbius comes out and says it's Morbid time. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Wow, that's funny. All right, are we going to have to review Morbius for this show? I really hope not. You know we'll get there. <laughs> you know we, we will. We've always gotten to a point where we're like, well, what's next? We could do some weird side stuff. You know, they because the fact Venom. that Adrian Toomes shows up in it, you know, is like, oh, gosh. But he only shows up for a minute, and I've heard that they actually cut out his line about Spider-Man uh, did, from yes. some cuts of the movie, did, yeah. which oh. is Sony saying, never, what if we just pretend this never happened? After I still can't believe. I'm sorry. We just have to talk about how they re-released Morbius to theaters because of all the memes, and they thought that it was like the prequel memes that turned out to be everyone actually coming around on the prequels a little bit. No, everyone was laughing at Morbius, thought it was a bad idea, and then made eighty five thousand dollars when they re-released it, <laughs> which in movie terms is bad. Yikes! In Chris terms, eighty five thousand dollars would be amazing. <laughs> Send it in, but. So as far as this uh, episode goes, we've only got five more to go, which it's always that way. But six just except for seems... next time. Yeah, <laughs> six always seems so short. I, I just always want more. I think mm-hmm. for the majority of the time. But where do we think this is going? I feel like I almost feel like we shouldn't answer this. We should just ask Eduardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eduardo, where do you think this is going? I can't stop thinking about turning red. So i think it's gonna turn out like turning i'm sorry i'm sorry if i've ruined it for everybody with that speculation yeah i i do think that broadly that's going to be the family story yeah and and again there's nothing wrong with that it's just like oh man this movie just came out well i think they're trying to tell a classic like coming of age tale and i think that's cool and yeah the whole people reconciling not reconciling but coming to terms with their strict parents and you know coming to an understanding that's real big in stories right now. Right. Real big in movies. Yeah. Uh, it was in the movie where they don't talk about uh, the secondary lead of this Bruno. It was in, a, <laughs> it, was in it was in Encanto. Uh, it was also in, um, I haven't seen it still, but Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, right? absolutely. Was that a main theme? Yeah, that was a very big theme in that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's really I mean, it's something that a lot of people are grappling with and, you know, putting into their art now. And it makes sense, you know, and, and I think culturally it does make sense in the story as well. So, again, it is not a bad choice. It's just like, oh, man, uh, it, it feels, you know, people are going to be making that comparison, which, you know, not a bad thing to be compared to, first of all. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be a bad thing if that's how the story shakes out. Just, you know, just an observation that it's that similar. Yeah. I want the the character that we, like, just looked at each other yeah. uh, and had an understanding about to I show up. I very much want that character to be the villain of the show. Yeah. The most interesting... Or at least a villain in the show. Yeah. I'm curious how um, Amir is going to turn out as a character in the show because... Of all the characters, he is the most different from his role in the comic. Can you remind me what his role in the comic was? Yeah, he's just an overbearing older brother. Okay. And he is very religious. And basically every... I have gotten that that vibe that he seems to be maybe the most devout of any of them. Yes. Not that everyone else isn't, but like he... You know, he's always like, make sure you say Bismillah before you start the car. Yes. You know, while well, he's also kind of making fun of her in that moment. But, but you tell that, it, that, you know, his faith is a very core part of his identity. Yeah. I guess the reason that I'm most interested in what they do with him is because it's the most different. Like, like I said earlier, he's not getting married yeah, in that yeah. run. So I'm curious if that's going to play a part whatsoever mm-hmm. or if it was just for a reason for them to go to the dress shop yeah. for that one scene. Um, and he also, he is a supportive older brother in the comic, but he is supportive m- more in the parental way of the... I'm stern and supportive. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he was going to help her with this uh, this plan in this one. Like, I'll do my part. Like, I'll get them to let you go. I don't think he did anything like that for her in the comic run. I don't, you know. He probably would have agreed with his mom and dad. I'm going to throw out a question to you all. Do we think Brie Larson will show up? And if so, when? Yes. Very last episode. Maybe end credits. That's exactly yeah. what I said. I said that in one of uh, one of the group chats that I'm in. I said I I bet Brie Larson shows up in the post credit scene. I could also see Monica Rambo showing up as well. Yeah, uh, but my friend said he thinks she's going to show up before, and I said she's not going to show up before because that would overshadow things, unless it's in a dream or fantasy sequence. That makes sense. I can see her showing up in a fantasy sequence, but the character of Carol Danvers showing up before the end credits in real life would overshadow Kamala's story, in my opinion. Here's another thing that happens a lot in the run. She has a lot of weird team-ups. She does. Which I think is a good re- another good reason that you probably love that run. But mm-hmm. I think because of that, yes, for sure, Carol will show up. Okay. Uh, like, I maybe... I. Probably more along the line with what you said, Eduardo, like very end. Because I think we're going to see them get to know each other in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I I don't think they would. I think that's where that's going to be explored more. It would be really cool if some of these other characters that she's teamed up with show up. I don't know how much time they have to devote to that, though, with only with only six episodes. You know, you mean you don't think they're going to debut Wolverine in Miss Marvel? (laughs) (laughs) That would be so cool. What if that's how they decide to do Wolverine? I feel like that would take away from the importance of Wolverine, though. Yeah. And again, that would absolutely that would overshadow her completely. It would overshadow both of them because they're both great characters. They deserve their own space before they're introduced to each other other like yeah yep. i i personally didn't i didn't know how much i liked her until i read this run and now i'm like i want other people to like her she's like, a fantastic character give her a chance yeah. she's great she's been an avenger she's been a champion 
She's the lead character in the PlayStation game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's like the one enjoyable part about that game. Oh, is her? Is the the um, Kamala Khan stuff? Because that's, cool. that's who you start off as. You're at like an Avenger Con, basically. Oh, parallels. Mm-hmm. So, what would you guys rate this episode of Ms. Marvel, Chris? I gave it nine recordings for internet out of ten. I'm impressed that you remembered that. Because you're not looking at the notes. I thought of it last night. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as she said, "Is this a recording for internet?" I was like, "That's it. That's my that's my rating." And I wrote that down in my notes, so I committed that one to memory. Uh, Eduardo, you have a blank slate here, so do your best. <laughs> I gave it nine Hulk dads out of ten. Oh, okay, mm, that's very good. nice. Very nice. I also gave it nine Armani vultures. Out of <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, That's a good one. Good solid nines across the board. Yeah. Hey, sound guy, play the recommendation jingle. You got it, host guy. Recommendation jingle. Yeah. So we got, we got our recommendations at the end. Do you guys have anything you want people to know about this week? Think they should they should check out. Uh, who wants to go first? Yeah, I got a recommendation for you. <laughs> okay. uh, it is on Disney+. Plus. I actually mentioned this in our Discord. Uh, I highly recommend. There is a docu-series that came out, I think it was either right when Disney Plus debuted or shortly after. And the docu-series is called Marvel's 616. And it is about the Marvel comics and, and a lot of the other Marvel stuff. And the conceit of it is that each episode has a different director and it focuses on a different topic. What I'm specifically going to recommend is the second episode, which is called Higher, Further, Faster. And it is directed by Gillian Jacobs, who you might know as Britta from Community. And I know Britta from The Water Pitcher. Mm. Yeah, not this one. Not okay. that one. This one's blonde. <laughs> okay. Um, but it is about women in Marvel Comics uh, over the years, going all the way back to... I don't know if you've ever heard of Fabulous Flo. She was the secretary at Marvel back in the 60s, part of the Marvel bullpen. Uh, and uh, Flo, I forget her last name. I was just watching, Ryder. I, I was just rewatching this. <laughs> Apple bottom jeans, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, but they talk a lot about the original Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, and her becoming Captain Marvel. And they talk about Kamala Khan. Uh, complete with a lot of interviews uh, with Sana Amanat and with G. Willow Wilson. And a lot of the other uh, women of Marvel, uh, a lot of the writers over the years, editors, and people who have really contributed to Marvel's history. And specifically because of the focus on on Kamala that is part of this, um, I, that's my recommendation for the week. I think it's really interesting. The whole series is interesting. I actually haven't watched every single episode of it. Um, they're not connected, so you can just look through and see what topics interest you and check them out. Uh, the first episode is actually about the Japanese Spider-Man TV show, which I highly recommend. That's cool. Eduardo, you got a recommendation? Yeah, I'm going to uh, take a cop out this week because I could recommend a bunch of different things, but there's one thing that has been like sitting in my head since I finished it, and I like can't stop thinking about it. If there is a person out in this world that is living under whatever rock that has not watched Stranger Things, please watch... All of it and this new season. You're being called out, Patron Daniel. Patron Ooh. Daniel, what is wrong with he's, you? He's, he's, o- he's only seen the first season. All right, well, Patron yeah. Daniel, this is for you. You need to watch. <laughs> you need to catch up and watch the fourth season because I have not been able to stop thinking about it 
since I finished that season. Oh, I want to say a spoilery thing, but I won't. Yeah. It's it, really good. I don't think that's a cop out. It's really good. I, I need so good. I need Danny in particular to watch because Angela showed me a TikTok the other day that feels specifically made for him. That would not make sense unless he's watched the show. <laughs> I think this is probably the best season, except for uh, one of the storylines I didn't fancy, yeah, if you will. Yeah. But I also think that because of how scary this season is, yeah. mm-hmm. knowing that mm-hmm. it's coming to Horror Nights this year really makes me happy because I think they can do a lot with that. I agree. I'm, I'm very excited if that ends up being true, which I feel like it is. Oh, yeah. It's not confirmed yet. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, not confirmed, but it feels like there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of speculation out there. And so far, the two things that have been announced for Horror Nights were on that map as well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to There are a lot of scenarios. Not too much of a spoiler, but what what would your songs be? What would, That's what I didn't want to say. I'll bring it up. What are your What are your Vecna songs? It has to be. Okay. But the rules for this, uh, you need to clarify. Does it have to be a song from that time period? No, Am I a no. kid in the 80s? No. Just, uh, let's say you got attacked today. Right now. Yeah. Wild Wild West. <laughs> it has to be Wild Wild <laughs> yeah. West. It's the only song I just sing That's on command. so funny. <laughs> what, about, what about you? Do you have one? Um, I'm going to play mine. So It is probably... Oh, this is tough. It is. It's there's like I, there's like a few songs running around my head, but if I had to pick one, it'd probably be "Big Papa" by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> Very nice. All right, here's mine. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, those are the Muppet Chickens singing "Forget You" from the movie The Muppets. My other answer is anything by Weird Al because I feel like if I'm dreaming and Weird Al just starts playing, like imagine. Imagine that's happening to you. Yeah. Well, and I mean, hard- you see my shrine over yes. here. And then <laughs> hardware store starts playing. Oh, my gosh. Hardware store would absolutely pull me you right would be back like, out. Wait a second. What is happening? I'd be now? running like towards that. Like, like, oh, okay. Great. My recommendations, I have so many of them because they're small and all over the place. And one of them is a cop out because the thing I recommend the most, I have already talked about for 10 minutes on this episode. Is it the Miss Marvel comic? Please read that run <laughs> yes. for the. L- I don't really think it's going. If you already understand this is like a teenage understanding her parents and them understanding her type story, you're not going to probably spoil anything from the comic. But maybe if you're yeah. worried about that, just take it slow. The just thing that we're afraid of spoiling, I would be happy for you to read first as yes. well. I will say it that way. It's not like the Moon Knight thing where it's like, oh, there's a big mystery where this is going. Yes. And you are like hesitant. This one I can say, I don't want to tell you where it goes. But if you want to read it before the next episode comes out, do it. Yeah. Because the delight of the villain reveal mm-hmm. uh, would hit just the same if you read it. So. I, I, and I've, I think I've learned now that I've done this two times and once in the opposite order. I think I do want to keep trying to read something before a new Marvel thing comes out. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it fully spoils anything. And I think it's cool to know about the character and like, be excited for for things. Yeah. And I'm not the kind of person that goes, ah, oh, they didn't do it this exact way. I hate you forever, Marvel. So I speaking hate of, you. I always hate you. Speaking of things I did hate, 
uh, my recommendation number two is to not see the new Jurassic World movie. Oh. I was not a fan. I've heard so many different things. I have a couple friends who have loved it, and I have a couple friends who have hated it. I, I could be in the minority here, and it also could be... I Maybe I'm not the diehard Jurassic Park fan. Maybe it's one of those things that it catered to the fans and no one else, like Mandalorian Season 2. Um, hey But... I just didn't find it enjoyable. I thought the movie was just a bunch of clips that had little to do with one another strung Hmm. together for two and a half hours. I didn't care about most of the characters, and it felt like a lot of those people acting who were all great actors, it felt like this is my first time acting. This is my first gig. The writing, God, I feel like a dick. I I don't think the writing was well done for the movie. Hmm. Maybe that's his biggest problem. And I, I won't reveal the plot, but I would not recommend seeing that movie. Maybe if you have to watch it to complete your Jurassic World trilogy. I still haven't seen the second one. The second one's very sad. Really? Yes. I, it's I've not a heard, great movie, but I've it's I've heard very a bit sad. about the concept. And I, okay, I'm going to talk about Jurassic Park a little bit. Uh, Jurassic Park, the original one, is one of my all-time favorite movies, mm-hmm. probably in my top five. It is, I've said it before, the formative movie-going experience of my youth. Uh, it was my Star Wars. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, I saw Star Wars and it changed my life. I saw Jurassic Park and it changed my life. Hmm. I love that movie. I think it is still perfect. Uh, I I was Hold looking up. forward to Jurassic World, saw it opening night, and I left thinking, oh. It was Jurassic Park with a higher body count and somehow less impressive special effects, even though they were more advanced. Yeah. The dinosaurs move more realistically, yes. They did not look like they were in the same place as all the humans. No. Um, There was one scene that had puppet dinosaurs, and that looked weird, too. Whereas the original Jurassic Park, first of all, they don't show you dinosaurs nearly as much, because they couldn't. Mm -hmm. But They only had so many. The animatronics and puppets and costumes, and then the CGI in that, and, and partially this is just because Steven Spielberg is a damn genius. Uh, you know, he shot it all so well that it all worked. Uh, and it was all believable. And Jurassic World, you know, it just, it wanted to be a scary monster movie with dinosaurs. And I think while that is in the spirit of the Jurassic Park novel, the Jurassic Park movie, what makes it work is that, yes, there are scary dinosaur monsters, but it also is in awe of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like it treats them as the awesome in the classic sense of the word, mm-hmm. you know, beasts that they are. And Jurassic World did not have any of that. And the other thing is that I thought going into Jurassic World, I was excited about two things. One, the idea of the working theme park obviously hit very close to home to me at the time. And I was excited to see what they did with that. And what they did with that was that there were more people for the dinosaurs to eat. And that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The one thing that actually really landed with me in it was the Jimmy Fallon safety spiel <laughs> in the one yeah. attraction. I'm like, okay, I believe that. That and there being a Margaritaville yes. <laughs> on Jurassic World. That, well, that, that was great. Was funny. Um, the other thing I was excited about, which ended up being a thing I ended not caring about at all in the movie, was the idea of the Indominus Rex. Because in the interviews leading up to it, Colin uh, Trevorrow, the director, was talking about how the idea behind it was that he had this image of his head of a kid standing in front of the T-Rex pen with the T-Rex right there, and the kid is looking at his phone bored. Because that is, I'm like, whoa, what a great idea, you know, because people are so easily just, like, distracted and bored by things that they don't appreciate the amazing things that are happening in front of them. 
Like I've seen it, whatever. So that the idea of them having to make bigger, scarier dinosaurs. And I don't think they really did anything interesting with that idea either in the movie. Yeah. What about this movie where they talked about the T-Rex, not the T-Rex, their new carnivore Uh predator that they said was like the Joker? (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so here's the thing about that is that on the one hand, I give them credit that it's an actual dinosaur. Uh, It's not a made-up, you know, freak. It's an actual Giganotosaurus, I think is what it's called. Uh, so that's an actual creature that that exists that existed back in the day, but yes, when they said it's like the Joker just wants to watch the world burn, I think I put my phone down and walked away, and you did a took a few deep breaths, you know. Uh, I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I spun in place <laughs> and I uh, walked forward. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know they're trying to get me. They're trying to hook me in because again, the idea of the second movie, which I've heard described as a haunted house movie with dinosaurs. Yeah, that sounds like something I would love. And then I've heard it's not uh, very good. Who described it that way? I've, I've, I, I don't know who exactly, but I it's disagree. definitely a thing I've I'm, heard. I'm going to tell you, the second Jurassic World movie makes the first one look like a good movie. Yeah, it does. Oh, no. And the third one makes both of them look like good movies. That makes me sad because they brought, they, you know, they're uh, trying to get me by bringing back all the original actors. Yeah. Um, you know? And uh, I feel like they're trying to trick every me. Every other property on the planet. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like you're trying to trick me. And again, I have some friends who've loved it, and we have a mutual friend um, who, uh, for context of this, is probably the world's biggest Avatar, the last Airbender fan I know. She has a car decorated after one of the... Uh, ah, yes, yes. Uh, and her review of Jurassic World I is, was offended until you said that. Yeah. And, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, her review of Jurassic World is that it was the most... of The, the new one is that it was the most disappointing movie since the live-action Last Airbender. Oh... Like that is Dang. that is a spit on it, buried in the ground in an unmarked grave, and never speak of it again. Kind of. I just had this click too. There's a character in the movie that reminds me of how much I hate the pre-show. To speaking of Avatar, the uh, <laughs> flight of passage attraction, the uh, bumbling guy who's uh, like, and then you uh, fly. <laughs> There's a character a. He is a pivotal character in the movie. That is how he talks the whole time. It's just, like he didn't know he you, was in it. You just sort of described Jeff Goldblum. But it's not <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. It's not him. It's like, it's bad. I, just, I don't recommend it. I'm actually going to take one Here of my... Here comes the recommend- T-Rex. Don't move around a little. Yeah. he. I'll take one of my four recommendations away so I have something next week. Because the last thing I want to say is like I was just too... To be prepared to read the notes for this episode, I was like singing a lot in the car on the way over. So I highly recommend Jamie All Over by Mayday Parade. (laughs) Go listen to Jamie All Over by Mayday Parade. What a classic. I'm into pop punk. So I wonder what the listeners think our music tastes are or if they've ever thought about that at all. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm sure they know uh, Weird Al. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm thinking about this. Not not to like bring it back to my wall, but we're, all, we're recording here at the Casa de Soundlord, and I have an autograph of someone from Jurassic World on my wall up there as well. I have a autographed comedy Bang Bang T-shirt, and Lauren Lapkus was in Dra- the original Jurassic World. Who was she in? She oh, hello. Let me yeah, slap yeah micro- the mic. microphone's over here. Yeah, I slapped the mic with my mouth. She was one of the park employees that was like you know in the control room. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the dock employees. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that? exactly. <laughs> hey, you don't work I can there anymore. Say that now. You can say whatever you want, man. Oh, my God. You don't work for that, uh, that place. Oh, uh, wow. Actually, none of us work for that none place. Of us we work can for say, that place. guys, you might know this. We all used to work at Disney World. Oh, <laughs> we can finally <laughs> reveal. The magic is ruined. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. We won't talk about where Robbie works, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a mystery. <laughs> what a great way to close. <laughs> that was a fun one, y'all. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being here, listeners. Thanks for listening. Uh, hey, I'll pitch Patreon again. No way, they do that at the end of the episode. What? If you want a little bit more assembly required content, Patreon.com/slash/assembly-required will get you into our Patreon exclusive Discord again, where you will get to hear all of our thoughts basically as soon as they happen, as well as interact with the other fans and um, post fun memes and photos. I feel weird when you say we have fans. I know that that's probably technically true, but it still makes me feel It's the best kind of true. (laughs) We do have fans. We have some Avenger-level fans slash patrons that we'd like to thank. Brian, Riley, Adrian, Michael, thank you so much for your Avenger-level support. If you want to email the show, you can do that. Did you know you can email the show? Assembly Required I haven't tried it before. At gmail.com. Do you think that I'm way off about how much I hated this Jurassic World movie? Do you have other stuff to say? There's, I don't know. Um, I, went to, I always check before to see if we get any emails. We did get an email, but it's just someone that said test. So if you're out there, <laughs> whoever sent us a it test worked. email. <laughs> it worked. It worked. We got it. Send well. us the rest now. <laughs> Wow, yeah, I want to know what the rest is. Did we pass? <laughs> you can find some of us on Twitter as well. You can, you can find Eduardo at ABCDEduardo1. You can find Chris at GatorSax2010. You, you can try there. to find me there, but I've locked up my Twitter. Yeah. It's private now, and I haven't tweeted you're on your in way to, months. You're um, on your way to me status. I might not ever fully delete, but you can try to follow me. I'll probably not notice. Yeah, and then Robbie's PhilKid3. You won't find me on Twitter. <laughs> But that does it for this episode of Assembly Required. Uh, uh, on behalf of the boys here, uh, I'm going to let Eduardo close this one out because he always starts. So say goodbye, Eduardo. Goodbye, Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, 3000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Bobbly, bobbly. जो कुछ भी सीखा गलतियों से ही तो सीखा मैंने खुद को संभाला गिर के ही तो उठना सीखा मैंने जब भी बिखरी तो बिखर के सिमटना सीखा मैंने जब खाब टूटे तो उनको पूरा करना सीखा मैंने कभी तो मैं भी नाजुक सी कली थी कभी तो मैं भी बाबा की परी थी रस्तों पे डर डर के ही तो चली थी दुनिया जो कहती थी मानती मैं सही थी पर किस्मत ने जो दिया था वो मुकद्दर में अकेले था चलना जिंदगी के सफर में अपनी मेहनत से आज मैं खड़ी अपने पैरों पे इस जज्बे से आज हुआ खुद पे फखर है असर है ये मुझ पे लोगों की बातों का फर्क है ये सोच और दुनिया की नजरों का दुनिया तो बोलती थी बोलती ही रहेगी हिम्मत का है परवाना परवाज है हौसलों का अकेले ही काटा मुश्किल से मैंने मुश्किल वक्त घर में ठहरी औरत बाहर निकलते बनी मर्द तंकित का निशाना बनती रही मैं हर वक्त खुद को मजबूत रखा छुपाया मैंने हर दर्द मजदूरी से शुरुआत रंगू में आके टिकी मैं औरतों के भी अपनी मदद आप बनी मैं तो पीछे बोने पर बुरे वक्त में कोई ना पूछता और जब तक के सांस मेहनत से कभी ना थकी मैं
versus Potter, first to 10. Make it a red! 